Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders Podcast, where each week we interview an amazing Swift developer about their experience with Apple's new open source programming language. We hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks, and try to leave you feeling inspired and empowered on your Swift Coder journey. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is Tom Smallwood. Tom is a senior iOS developer at Fjord, a software design and development agency. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, Garrick. Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. Very excited to, to be on the show, and yeah. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? What are you up to? Good. Um, yeah, so it's just been a busy day today, and uh, working-wise, and uh, now it's kind of quiet evening, so perfect time to do a podcast. You are in Arizona? Yeah, yeah. So I'm in Tucson, Arizona, which is about an hour and a half uh, south of Phoenix. So, yeah. And you work remotely? Yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much always work remotely out of, since, since out of college. But yeah, I work for a company uh, out of Austin, Texas. So yeah, Fjord. That's pretty cool. So you work at Fjord as a senior iOS developer. Just tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I came on. The company is actually uh, was we got acquired. Uh, we were called uh, Chaotic Moon previously. Um, we had did, done apps like uh, the Daily, uh, Pizza Hut, um, Caesars, Las Vegas, Marvel Unlimited. Um, so we've had a lot of big clients, and we got acquired by Accenture, which is like a really big, huge company, like thirty four billion in revenue or something a year. They're huge. And uh, anyway, they merged us in with a company called Fjord that's kind of like a um, centers the parent company. So, yeah. So anyway, I uh, started working with them um, a few years ago and like I love it. We have amazing, brilliant, brilliant people working with me. And um, it's really cool because we work on all kinds of different projects. So like, you know, you could be working on one really cool application and then, you know, six months down the road, you're working on something else that's really cool. So we a lot of cool, awesome clients. We've actually turned away clients um, because uh, just to make sure that they fit the mold and not not being biased or anything. But we want to make sure that they kind of center with where we want we want to see things go. So, how long have you, or how long were you working with Chaotic Moon before it was acquired? Um, so it was about. So I'm going on almost three and a half years, I think now, and it was about. Um, about a year and a half, we got acquired, but then th- it takes a long time, being that it was such a big company. So yeah, I was about a year and a half in. Okay, and so Chaotic Moon was that more of a development agency that did a design as well? Yeah, we have designers. We have some amazing designers. Um, it was mostly design, and then we have um, developers. Wise, we had about sixteen, seventeen developers, both iOS and Android. Because I'm familiar with Fjord a little bit. Uh, when I was at Farmers, uh, I heard the name a lot. I think yeah. that uh, Farmers was a client, or maybe still is a client of Fjord, but it always mm-hmm. sounded like they were more of a design company. So maybe when Accenture yeah. acquired Chaotic Moon, they were like, okay, well, we have Chaotic Moon, they're a development company. We have Fjord, they're a design company, but they both do software. <laughs> Let's put them all together, <laughs> and we have this awesome um, design and development company. Yeah, that was it. That was pretty much it. And uh, Accenture... Um, pretty much bought Fjord a while back because of design. You know, they're so enterprisey. They're enterprise solutions company. Um, and so they wanted to get good design. They acquired Fjord a while back. And then the big thing about Fjord was that we didn't have any, didn't really have any developers. It was all design. And so, yeah, they did acquire us and they thought, you know, hey, here's where development design meet. And, you know, we can turn these awesome designs that, you know, our amazing designers create and actually turn them into real products. So that was kind of good. Right on. Yeah. So Accenture is the parent company. Mm-hmm. You um, mentioned uh, that 
there's a partnership that was recently announced. I actually just checked it out, and it yeah. looks like it's similar to the partnership between you know IBM and mm-hmm. Apple and SAP and Apple. It's like on that level of uh, business enterprise solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I I didn't hear about it till like literally the morning of that we made Mac rumors and people were talking about it. Um, it's pretty cool idea. So. Yeah, I don't really know all the details or know very much actually about it because it's so early. It just happened, I think. Um, and but the whole idea is to basically share talent to make between Apple and Accenture, which is actually going to be us. Fjord, we're going to pretty much be doing it. Um, but it's going to be kind of like a uh, collaboration to take on enterprise development because enterprise is pretty tricky on the mobile platform, and there's been a lot of um, not so great uh, enterprise work done out there. Um, there's a lot of things missing, so. They want to get you know a really good design company I think involved and that's why I think Apple decided to work with Accenture and so well, yeah that's awesome it's cool yeah. that Apple's partnering with these big enterprise yeah. solution companies uh, obviously they have a, a stake in it I just yeah. really I don't know I like that I, when I saw Me they too. partnered with IBM and they partnered with SAP it's just cool to think about more and more people using Apple devices and iOS devices uh, mm-hmm. and that our talents and our skills are just become that much more valuable and interesting. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, you don't want to see, you want to see the competition between Android. I know Android's huge in enterprise a lot more than, than iOS. And it's nice to see Apple actually venture out into enterprise a lot more the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And like back these partner with these companies and sort of back it and say, yeah. like, we are going full force with, mm-hmm. you know, enterprise solutions. It's cool. As opposed to sort of mm-hmm. supporting it or kind of more, um, half, yeah, half butt, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the polite way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you are in Arizona. Mm-hmm. In uh, did you say Tucson? Uh, Tucson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, Tucson. cool. My my brother uh, Ryan, he went to school there. Oh, uh, and really think cool. He, yeah, like uh, med med school or doctor's school. Awesome. Not no, like really. the med school, but like the residency. Yeah, my my wife went through that residency program, so I wonder if they wait what year roughly. Uh, he was just there, like. Like he was there for a while. He was just there like a year ago or something. Huh, I wonder he if he rotated through the ER. If he did, my wife's my wife's the uh, um, she's a director of the uh, pediatric ER in Tucson, and so okay, well, see, so I'll get her name later, and I'll yeah, ask my you'll brother. have to. It could I'm be curious. the case. I'm curious. Uh, so he's in Montana now. Oh, he very cool. Finally, is like a real doctor. You know, they it takes <laughs> Attending, a really yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You know, I, I, I met my wife through residency. It's painful. <laughs> it's tough. okay. So you are in Tucson and you work remotely. Yeah. So where's the headquarters? Like where is it mm-hmm. completely distributed or? So yeah, we have, um, so Fjord has um, studios throughout the world actually. We uh, just had our, our conference actually in Berlin, which was really cool. Um, first time I've ever been to Berlin, which was awesome. Um, it was just, I just got back about a week ago. Um, yeah, so we have, uh, but our the biggest studio is of Fjord is actually uh, in the U.S. is uh, Austin, and that's um, that's kind of the studio I belong to. Um, that was chaotic was chaotic moon previously, and uh, yeah, so we've got um, studios everywhere: Washington D.C., Milan, London, um, Hong Kong, L.A. Um, we have uh, San Francisco, all over the place. So, yeah. So do you like when you were working with Chaotic Moon? Were you mm-hmm like still working remotely or sometimes yeah. you would go to Austin? Yeah. So I, I, I go to Austin. I go to Austin every now and then. Um, yeah, I do work remotely. Um, the, uh, my, my wife, uh, being her, her position really is what really kept me here. So yeah, I ended up, um, yeah, working remotely with them because they were very remote friendly. We had a good workflow as far as like how to handle remote. So really good you know, communication, 
um, you know, good, yeah, we should talk more well. about yeah. that. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. later in the episode, that'd be really interesting awesome. to learn more be. about how that process goes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then all these other companies, your uh-huh. or cities you mentioned, they have like yeah. offices there where people could go there and work if they wanted to. Yeah, they're there. They have some studios. Um, I haven't been to many of them yet. Um, uh, just uh, because we we are relatively newer merged with them. Um, the full complete process just happened not long ago. So, um, but I, yeah, they, yeah, they have, they're mostly, mostly, most of them are a lot smaller. They're like uh, 30, uh, 40 people studio roughly, I think okay. is what it is. The, the Austin one is um, about 240, so 240 people, I think. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah. When you were in Berlin, it sounds like um, you guys had a conference where all of the employees from all around the world got together mm-hmm. and you were in Berlin. How, how long were you there for? Yeah, so I was there for um, the the conference was about three or four days. I actually took a little longer because I, I had to go see London and had to go see some places. Uh, nice. So yeah, yeah, it was nice to get out there. Um, yeah, so we had a we had like everybody from around all the different uh, Fjord Studios. There was about um, I think eleven hundred roughly of us there. Wow. And, yeah, and, it was uh, design incredible. and development, but also like project managers and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, ninety eight percent design project managers and all that. It's like two percent. It's we have a really oh, small. Okay. We're gonna. It's wow. if that the plan for the long term is going to change that. That's going to be oh, sounds a like lot you're be hiring some devs. We are going to be hiring devs. Lots. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I asked about Berlin because I'm wondering if you had a chance to uh, see yeah. any of the Berlin de- de- developers there. You know, you have Chris Eidhoff. And I Florian wish I had more time. Home. Yeah, I know. Chris Eidhoff is really cool. That's what I was going to say when we were going through the different um, like list of people that you've interviewed. I mean, Chris Eidhoff was amazing. And he's, yeah, he's in Berlin. And there's, I know there's a lot more. There's a, um, I'm, I've gotten into Vapor recently uh, oh, yeah. Super Side Swift. Yeah, so I've gotten into that um, just for like side projects. It's, you know, it's nice to not have to you know, you want to create some server-side piece of your application. You don't have to actually go out and venture into JavaScript. It's actually really nice to use Swift, and they um, they do a lot. There's a lot of European people on the on the um, the Slack room. They're very uh, the community is pretty uh, pretty pretty active there. Anyway, they're having a Berlin meetup, and I was like, it's just a few weeks after my after me being away from there so I was like oh, I missed it barely <laughs> mm-hmm. would have been nice to, to meet up with them they had a big like a meetup where people are coming from out of town I think it's kind of so yeah well we should also talk about server-side Swift and Vapor that'd be awesome but yeah, before sure. we do that uh-huh. uh, I want to learn about uh, you and you know uh, yeah. and how you got to where you are this is actually the first time we've talked before we've mm-hmm. interacted uh, a little bit uh, yeah. over you know online before uh, mm-hmm. you know I know that um, you, you know, I think you listen to, listen to the podcast and you're yeah. actually one of my Patreon supporters. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah, um, no problem. So why, why don't um, you tell us about that, actually? Um, sure. I, you know, I posted on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> this is like an odd time for me to record yeah. and I'm going away this weekend. So I was like, I just need to make it easy on myself. I need to find somebody Definitely. that's in my time zone. Um, and it's actually kind of hard to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, you've had you've had like three New York people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, who's yeah. in my time zone and wants to record? Yeah. And uh, you reached out. Mm-hmm. So here you are. But I'd love to hear um, kind of how you, you know, how sort of your side, like how did you find the podcast and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So the podcast actually I found out through um, Josh Brown. Do you remember his oh, podcast? Right. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. So Josh actually, yeah. So I worked with Josh on a Rhodes, project where I was road. Fire, road yeah, fire, yeah, road fire, yeah, software, yeah. It's uh, I, him. He, uh, I was actually uh, kind of doing a side. This is like right when I, right about when I was starting with uh, Chaotic Moon uh, a few years ago. Um, a company called The Diary, 
I, I had, they had reached out to me, they were local in Tucson. I was like, no way, a Tucson company need iOS work? That's never happened to me. Um, I mean, Tucson's a fairly large city. It's like 1.2 million people, but it's mostly re- retirees and we have Raytheon here, which is huge. Um, so, so anyway, I, uh, we needed to find an iOS developers were like interviewing. They, they were like really adamant about getting this app up and going quick. Um, and it actually got, it actually got um, featured on Apple health. And anyway, I was supposed to be like kind of like the overall lead on it. And so I'm interviewing different people and Josh um, was one of them. And I was like, right away, I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, and we got to hire him right away. And so we became friends. Anyway, he posted on, um, on Twitter that he was going to be on this new podcast. And it's like, oh, I got to listen to this thing and uh, see how he, see what it is. And that was like, the minute I heard it, I was like, I started getting into binge, binge listening, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to, I went back and listened to your old ones and stuff. And, and so every morning now when I get my coffee, I either, if I make it run to Starbucks or if I'm drinking here at the house, I literally, that's all I always try to listen to this. If there's a new one. Yeah. It's always great. Yeah, well, I hope, great. um, I hope it's still enjoyable for you. We've been running kind of long the last couple of episodes. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think it's great. I mean, it gives me more, more content, <laughs> more stuff to listen to. Yeah, there's some mornings where you're just like you have extra time, and a lot of times I, I listen to them in pieces. So you know, like I might listen like half of it, uh, you know, one day and then half the next day. So it's kind of nice to actually have something else to listen to. So yeah, yeah it's easily one of my favorite podcasts. I used to be uh, ATP, and then I think this might have taken. <laughs> I definitely try not to go as long as those guys. Sometimes they go three hours, although I I did two and a half uh, last episode. So Yeah. (laughs) Um, The last couple mornings, I just started at Tinder. My uh, coworker, shout out to my coworker. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah. shout out to my coworker, Ronak. He was like, you know, it's been running kind of long. And I'm like, I know, like, what do I do? And and he's like, yeah, so now I kind of have to listen to it in, in pieces, like you were saying. And so every these last, like yeah. Yeah, these last three episodes, I'm like, man, Ronak, like, what do you think? And he's yeah. like, it's kind of long. I'm like, I know, what do I do? <laughs> so he's probably yeah, like saying right now, like, don't have this conversation. Yeah, don't listen to this guy. Get, get, get like, off. you know, don't, don't talk yeah. about what you're talking about right now. Edit yeah, it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I don't do any editing. Um, yeah. Anyways, okay, so so the cool. point is, thank you for sharing that. Uh-huh. Now I want to yeah. get to um, you know, how you got to where you are. So why don't you take us back to your earliest uh, memory of programming, please? Sure. Um, so I was a late programmer, I would say. Like, uh, so I was like really, I was always into technology, um, like quite a bit when I was younger. Um, like high school, I got into building. Um, computers I was really into technology I was kind of like it's kind of odd because I'm like really into sports and I'm still obsessed with sports and it's kind of a weird pairing you know a lot of times especially in high school right um so a lot of, so yeah so I really got into that um but I never really got into programming per se I did a little bit of web development you know like html css and php I know that's not programming but it's uh did some scripting I guess with php just very little like a copy and pasting from different places completely clueless so um, and then, uh, funny story when I get into college, I, uh, I thought, you know what, Hey, I really love technology. This is going to be fun. Um, I gotta, you know, I gotta give this a try. So I thought, okay, I'll take this, um, programming course in my junior college just so if I like it, I could go that route. If not, then, you know, but took the class and it was on with visual basic and Microsoft.net kind of course. And the, the professor was just like, treated us like we, we should know a bunch of stuff that we didn't. It was like way over my head. And I was like, okay, I could never do computer science. No way. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is, yeah, it was really uh, very, my, my uh, a friend, a good friend of mine, um, 
he's like really into um, cryptography and stuff like that now. And he's like a really brilliant guy. Um, the two of us took it together and both of us are like, we got to drop this class. This is not for us. And so, yeah, so I went off the business route for a while and I thought, okay, hey, you know, I'm just not going to ever get to do computer science. It was pretty, pretty disheartening. Um, so I went that route for a while and I was about to graduate. I was like, I got a minor in something, you know, and so I thought I'll minor in computer science. I'll take a few courses at the U of A. I'll give it a try. University of Arizona. So I thought, okay, hey, I'll give it a try there. And uh, ended up taking these classes and I had amazing professors and I was like, I hooked. I got hooked. I got obsessed. I was spending my weekends instead of going out with friends. I was sitting in front of a computer late nights and yeah, it was, it was fun. So I got hooked there. That's really what really got me. So, wait. So you were you were minoring. You said what were you minoring in? So I was going to minor in computer science. My my major was business okay. um, at that point because I was like I can't do computer science. And I thought okay, I'll give a minoring a chance because it's a little, it's a lot less. The workload's a lot less. I thought okay, I'll take these beginning programming classes, you know, and then um, you know that'll work out. And so I give that a try, and I got hooked. I got sucked in. It set what me was, back quite a bit. But what was the difference between the first kind of class you took where you said the teacher made you feel like you had to quit yeah, <laughs> and the, the minor classes that you were doing. Yeah. So I think it was just the fact that like when, with that class, we, we started the, the, the .NET visual basic class. This was all like, I just, I guess the, the professor had all these preconceived notions that you have, you understand all this, you know, you understand all these, um, object oriented programming, uh, um, terminologies concept. and everything yeah concepts and it's and it's like and so yeah it was it was pretty crazy the differences and then the professor i had there at the uva brilliant lady she literally had it down and she mentioned it before the class started too it was like there was a lot of people in the class originally and she said you know programming is not for everybody um but if you really have the passion you can get you'll learn it and she was really really positive person and she said don't be afraid you know to you know, if it's not for you, but at the same time, if it is, you know, you, your passion will get through this. And so, um, so we ended up, um, and I've taken that for a long time. I've always told people passions, everything with programming. It, it really is. And, uh, yeah, so she started out really basic with like a really, really simple stuff. You know, a lot of, we were doing Java. So a lot of like command line, you know, Hey, I can turn a string into this or, you know, that it's pretty simple stuff. And then we got into bigger things like, you know, creating our first game, which is a uh, life game of life, which was fun. So um, there's some cool stuff. Yeah. So I learned a lot there and then it was just, it was less, way less intimidating. And then from there I got into iOS development while I was in school. Which was you cool. said that you got hooked. What mm -hmm. do you, can you describe that? Like what was the yeah. feeling and why? Yeah. I think the fact, I think the beginning, it was just like, okay, I can do this now. I was like, this is fun. It's um, it was kind of cool. It's kind of felt like, um, felt very empowered. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I'm actually you know, creating this stuff, these programs, they're, they're very little and basic. Um, but they're, I created, you know, I was very proud. And so that was pretty cool. Um, you were doing yeah. your business degree uh, and you did this uh -huh. minor. Yeah. Did you graduate with the business degree and the minor in computer science? I business minor actually. I just oh. I didn't bother taking if I had about like a year left and I didn't bother finishing it for my major. I should have, but I was like, what's the point? You know, after a while, I realized that this is my this is what I'm gonna do the rest of my life. Like it was without a doubt. So, so. what did you do then? You decided 
you, know, you want to do computers yeah. for the rest uh-huh. of your life. You just, yeah. you know, you figured this out, which is really awesome. That's mm-hmm. cool that you figured. Yeah. To you, you say it's like you got there late, but I mean, you figured it out in college, you know, like I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of like I had a long uh, bumpy road with the college because in between there, while I was in my business degree, I ended up having a, um, I got in a car accident. I hit my head and I had like a, like the full grand mall seizures. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I thought Sorry it was going to be that. like, oh, yeah, well, I'm fine now. I haven't had one in, you know, it's been like, I don't know, like 10 years or something like that. Um, so I thought I was going to have to like move to New York or San Francisco, somewhere where you don't have to have a car because every time you have one, you have to wait like three months before you can drive. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was trippy. And so, um, so yeah, that was that was a big kind of changer. And then and then on top two, when you, when you change majors to computer science, they really don't recommend you taking more than two computer science classes per semester, maybe three once in a very, you know, it's really tough. And, uh, just cause the way the curriculum is. And, uh, so basically it almost set me back almost like two and a half, three years almost to, oh, wow. to do it. Yeah. So it was quite a bit, big setback from on top of it. So I, I felt like a lifer in college. Like I was like, Oh yeah, like six and a half years or whatever. Wow. So you time. ended up getting a computer science degree. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So never shown it. Never shown it to anybody. But uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Meaning it like wasn't like required or for like a job interview. Or yeah, something? for a job. Most. I mean, you know, I realized like in this this day and age, especially with with the iOS app development, it's like only people care about what apps you have and what you can actually do on. You know, what what you can talk about, what kind of concepts you have. Not. You know, it doesn't matter really. You know, your your certificate now. I, I feel like um, it's more of what you've learned from. So, yeah. When you graduated, uh, what did you do? Did you get an internship? Did you get a job? Um, I kind of I had a job while I was in school. So I, when I got so we got into iOS development uh, with some friends, and uh, yeah, I ended up um, taking a job. But then on top of two, we also kind of ran. Uh, me and one of the other guys uh, out of those out of those us, us four, I should say. Um, we ended up starting a small company called Objective Coders, and we were just taking on contract work and stuff like that. And so, Objective Coders, Objective like Coders, Swift Coders. Objective Whoa, that's it's cool. Like obje- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I still own the domain name. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, it was cool. We had a cool logo, you know. So it was the Objective Coders was play on Objective C. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So had a had a fun time with that. It was hard to get a domain name, and then we tried to think of a good name, and and that just came out and. Yeah, and so we, we did some, we had uh, had some successful apps. We had this like weather app for um, autism and uh, it was called iDress for Weather and we ended up being like, I think it was like the seventh weather app for a little bit in the rankings. Um, it's still out there. It's like, but yeah, it was interesting. We did it for, with this like combination with this lady that does like assistive tech, they call it. So like help for, uh, you know, special needs and stuff. So yeah, it was really cool. What's the app called? Uh, iDress for Weather. It's an old app. I mean, it's like, I'm kind of embarrassed of it now because the <laughs> the artwork's amazing, but the uh, yeah the programming it's it's pretty dated. So this is like, so basically it helps people with autism um, mm-hmm. figure out what to wear, what to wear. Yeah, and you can yeah. So you'd, you'd see you'd see we had animations. We did all it was like all UI view animations we did a while back. So this is like a long time ago. Um, this is like 2009 10. Um, anyway, yeah, you you'd see you'd swipe over. First of all, you see what it looks like outside. So whether it's snowing out, raining, whatever, sun out, and it would be all really nice animations. It's a beautiful app. And then you'd slide over and you would see the closet and what you're supposed to wear. Oh, wow. And so it's, yeah, and it's all varied by the temperature and all that, um, what shows up. I and mean, you can actually tweak that in the settings. So like what you consider warm might be different than somebody else. Um, 
And then we could you could take also take a picture of your closet. Of, well, the, it's mostly for parents to do with their children. And so okay. you could take a picture of what you think should be for like the real hot temperature, the real cold temperature. Yeah. So oh, okay. Yeah. So kind of for relax. some types of autism, this is like a particular way that that they can, you know, learn to sort of dress themselves um, yeah. through like images rather than just yeah. like data, like 95 degrees. Well, I don't really know. How yeah, to they don't, they, they can't, asso- yeah, they can't associate it the same as we can. And so that was the big, um, that was the big thing. And so, yeah, we worked with a lady that did, that was really big in on uh, assistive tech and she was, um, she actually got recognized by Apple because of this and all that. And so, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Apple really likes to feature oh, yeah, this, this type of stuff. And so yeah, we got featured multiple times because of that. Yeah, it was cool. That's it was awesome. pretty exciting. Yeah, so yeah. Was this during college or was it after college? Yeah, that was, that was all during college. We were basically like, and so, so I was new to programming. Uh, the guy that I was working with, my friend, he was, uh, doing it he's been programming for like since he was younger and uh so we basically would work until like 4 a.m like we had we rented this office space like a small tiny office we were like pretend like we had this cool company (laughs) kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah and so uh and so we basically work all night like doing like projects for like different like kind of like uh freelancing kind of work and and basically we worked like 4 a.m and then we'd go in and take go to our school and take our classes and be like tired and wow. <laughs> exhausted but it was fun it was it was so fun wow, so you guys that. had your own little or your own dev shop yeah we did we totally did we got recognized by the news the news agency found out about us somebody told us told them about us and they wanted to like, interview us and it was it was kind of cool yeah wow okay so, so by the time you graduate yeah. you already uh-huh. maybe you have a, a small business maybe it's a it's a real business or maybe it's just kind of a side thing but you're already like really a developer Oh yeah, yeah. I was already like full on going. It was pretty quick. It was, I think it was just like I said. I go back to what my professor said. It was, it was all about the passion. I was obsessed. I was, like became so obsessed with iOS development. Like, like I, where I used to go out like to parties and stuff on the weekends, you know, during business school, like with my friends. But it was like now instead, I was like literally wanting to stay inside and you know code. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was so fun. So. How did you guys figure out to do iOS development? So yeah, so we um, so first of all, going back, I got to rewind a little bit. Tell you like before, I, I used to be like the type of person I thought I always think it's funny to talk about this. Um, I uh, I used to say I was such an anti Apple person. I was like <laughs> Apple's communism. It's communism. <laughs> it was like I was such a hater, and I would like never own a uh, Mac at all. And yeah, I ended up um, getting an iPod. Um, then I went to Zune and. <laughs> really old soon yeah <laughs> and so uh yeah but anyway i like so i realized zoom after a while i was like yeah, i gotta go back to my ipod at school and then and then um i got a during while i'm uh while i was at school i was using this like a big clunky laptop windows laptop and my professor for this like it's a low-level machine learning class like so it's called the mips is the programming language we, we work with um which was a really really interesting class how do so you spell it uh mips m-i-p-s i believe it is so it's a machine learning language okay. uh, class. And so it was really cool to learn that. Uh, but my professor was like, he was like a big Mac guy, only guy in the the uh, computer science department that was a Mac guy. And him and I used to talk after class and he was like so adamant about me, like I should just give Mac a try and all that. And so like one day I just like decided to just pull the trigger and literally, which was a stupid move because I don't have that much money while I was in college. This is like before I started doing any development work and I just went down to the uh, our library. They had like a little like you know Mac area, and I was like, I'm just gonna buy a Mac laptop. So I bought a MacBook, 
Oh, and they had a little Apple store kind of. Yeah, a little mini Apple store. Yeah, we yeah, had was, one at UC Irvine. Oh, yeah, it's so cool, isn't it? Like, it's nice because you get the discount, and then they have, yeah, they have all the, it's like a little mini Apple store. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so you went I, down there yeah, and you bought one? Yeah. Yeah, I just pulled the trigger and just bought it, and then uh, and I was like, after like the first the first like week, I like kind of regretted it. I was like, I don't know, I don't like this, I don't like that. Um, I was never like a big um, PC gamer, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But after like a few weeks, I started getting really hooked, and I was like, okay, this is the way. Like this is this is the this is so much better than Windows. And then after a while, I just got you know sucked in, and then the uh, iPhone came out, and I got the iPhone literally like. I think it was like a month or two after they actually had some refurbished ones, which is crazy. You know, they had some refurbished yeah. iPhones and I bought that, bought an I, a refurbished one. And it was like, after that, it was like, this is so cool. And then the SDK came out and that's when me and my friends got into it and we just became obsessed and yeah. And, okay. Correction. Yeah. Uh, the small yeah. Apple stores at USC but uh-huh. uh, USC Irvine, UC Irvine does have like a little store where they sell Mac. A little store. Oh, cool. um, How big was it? Was it bigger? Is it... It's like their big you yeah. know, store where you can buy everything UC Irvine. Yeah. They have like a computer section where they sell Macs. But, yeah, that's kind of what we had, yeah. But I think U, U, USC, like downstairs, actually has like mm-hmm. a little separate Mac uh, section. Anyways. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so before yeah. you got the Mac, though, you were already mm-hmm. into programming, right? Yeah, so I was already doing Java. I was okay. already doing Java, and that was like, it was like maybe a year. So I started maybe about two. 2007, 8, somewhere in that ballpark, I think it was. 2008, I think, was when I started programming. And then, so like a year later, you know, the, well, the, the SDK, I guess, came out the end of 8, I think. It right. Was. And then, yeah. So, but really, I, I got into it a little bit. I downloaded the SDK, but I didn't really get into it until the beginning of 9, I think. And then I went to WWC, and that was like life changing. Oh, was wow. The biggest. Yeah. My, uh, I don't know if I want to say this too much out here, but I, my we uh, we me and like four of us that were that we did went to WWC and uh, two of us didn't have a ticket but we we kind of got in. <laughs> we had, yeah, I've heard about badges. this. Yeah, I've heard about. Uh, like, we'll never do that badges. again. I'll never do that again. I'm not a. Uh, no, this was worse than sharing, but I won't say any more than that. But but yeah, but but like we we uh, we we got hooked, and then the next year, like the next three years after that, I got the uh, scholarship. So I had three years oh, in a row, wow. which, was, which was cool. Or I guess two years in a row. Two years, I guess. Oh, so you're a scholarship yeah. winner? Yeah, yeah, I got the scholarship, which was really cool. It was before they give all these like awesome, you know, things they give out now. Now it's like you get like meet Tim Cook, you get a backpack, you get like a di- private dinner, and, and you, you want <laughs> a, awesome. a refund? No, not a refund. Um, <laughs> A rewind, a retry. A rewind, yeah. No, no, I can't complain because it was back then. I was, I thought it was amazing. I was like, I'm, I'm surrounded by all these amazing developers. I was, um, at the time, we, you know, they, they just covered Apple, just covered your, your ticket costs. There was no discounted um, hotels or anything. So, the four of us that got it, we went. Um, so two of them were interning at the time at Apple, and two of us weren't. My, neither the other guy that I worked with, uh, Objective Coders. So the four of us decided to go out there, and we drove out there um and we stayed in a hotel room where we would like we all had like blow up mattresses because we're like college students you know and <laughs> san francisco is so expensive so it was hilarious it was, yeah so went all the way out there and it was fun i like blew my mind i i came back like super excited to program it was like everything to me so yeah wow okay yeah. so when the sdk for the iphone came out it mm-hmm. was just a natural thing for you to you're already programming yeah. And it was just natural for you to want to program the iPhone. Yeah. So it was, it was like a no-brainer for you. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. I wanted to get into it. Um, the hardest part was like when was back then there was not much material on how to do it. So like you know now you have like a thousand different books and you've got websites and you got videos and you got like you know all kinds of crazy stuff and they have then you have these boot camps. Back then it was a lot harder to get an Objective C. There was like two books that really centered around iPhone development at that time, which was um, it was learning. I learning iPhone development, I think, or iPhone development. I forget exactly what it, the one I learned on, which was the A Press book. Um, and then there was this other one called um, iPhone in Action, I think it was. Okay. And so there really wasn't much. So you either had to go there, or we just went to the the, S, the I'm sorry, the documentation quite a bit. And so, yeah, it was it was so different, and yeah, it was it was interesting. But yeah, so it's it's really. It's awesome that you, you know, you fell in love with programming. To me, it seems like early on, uh, you know, you fell in love with programming in college and uh, you, and then you got a Mac and um, when the SDK came out, it was just like natural for you. It just, I got lucky. Yeah. (laughs) It just kind of lined up. Yeah. When the iPhone came Uh out, I had no, I didn't think about like programming (laughs) for the iPhone at all. And I got the original iPhone. Uh-huh. You know, and then yeah. all the way up, I didn't think about it until didn't 2014, it, uh, you know. So what, what got you, I mean, I don't know, have you talked about it in other episodes? Like, yeah. what was the trigger? For me, it was I wanted to make an app. Okay. So, it, yeah. so it, but it That's took, right. it, took it took um, seven years for <laughs> me to think. Like, oh, I want to make an app. I actually want to make an app, yeah. Well, that's really cool that, you know, you have that that fortitude to say, hey, you know what, I want to do this myself. Because, like, too many times you have people where they want an app, and I'm sure you get this all the time now, where they just contact you and they just say, hey, uh, you know, I've got this app idea. It's awesome. Yeah. And I tell <laughs> you them, can, like, you, you can, can do it. it. Yeah. And they're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's not it. really, I'm not good at that stuff. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, no, you can do it. Join my yeah. meetup. Yeah, if you if you have enough passion, it's passion. I always tell people like if you really want and you can you can you know push through, you can learn it. It's not, yeah, it's it's that's exactly what it is, and that's what I have. I've 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 said several people like uh, like like while I was in um, the computer science program, these like brilliant people that are really smart, and they a lot of them wanted to learn it, and they sit down and they just kind of give up after a little while. It's crazy. So, so that was it, earlier on. That was Objective C also. So it was a different. It sounds like the thing yeah. that was important for you, yeah. the thing that got you through any challenges mm-hmm. you faced, was your pa- your passion and your confidence Definitely. in the fact that because you were passionate about mm-hmm. it, you could um, you could you know kind of make it through. But what would you yeah, say yeah. were the biggest challenges um, during yeah, the, so during that time? Back then, it was really tough. The, um, the memory management was really, really tough. Um, it was really frustrating when you're like, when you're, uh, so we had the retain release cycle. I'm not sure if you've looked at memory, how memory management was in Objective-C much. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm um, just, you know, I'm a little, I'm a Swift developer, so I don't have to yeah. think too much about it. Good old, the good life. <laughs> good old Objective-C days, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a retain release cycle, and, you know, you, you have these, you know, say just something really simple. You have, like, this array that you have, and, um, and you're just, you, you called, you, you know, you, you, you thought you had retained it and it's good to go. And somehow you released it somewhere through the cycle and your app is con- continuously crashing and you don't know why. And it was just, <laughs> it would drive me through the wall. And it was always, and after a while I got really good at it and I was really prideful of it. Me and, uh, my, uh, my, one of my other friends that was learning it at the same time as me, we were, we constantly like thought that was a big thing we can talk about like hey we know memory management well now with 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 um, with iphone development and then uh sure enough apple released arc and i was like 
I was like really happy, but I was also kind of like, oh man, <laughs> you know? So yeah, Do it's you crazy. feel like your knowledge with manual memory management uh, <laughs> helps you yeah. at all in the work that you do with Swift? Um, a little bit. I think the appreciation is there. Okay, just it? like kind of knowing, knowing that you don't have to do it and so it makes you like Swift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And understanding how, yeah, <laughs> understanding how Arc works, you know, because I mean, Arc is still a thing, you know, behind the scenes right, of, right. Uh, of Swift. And so, yeah, Re- retain counts and all that. Yeah, retain counts and understanding how that works and the pain that goes through, that can go through. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's cool not to have to deal with it. So, have you yeah. found yourself needing to do manual memory management in Swift? Because uh, I really. think you can do it, right? You if can, you, need to. you can, you can. Um, I haven't had, had the need for, for it so far. Um, I don't know if you have or you heard anybody no. ever having it. Yeah, uh-uh. so I've heard really. a couple of people talk about the yeah. fact that they can do it. Um, yeah, I think you can, that they but needed to. Not, yeah, I've not needed, seen it need to be, and I think that's on purpose. I think, yeah. So, okay, so you yeah. are you're doing your you, you graduate from college and you are mm-hmm. continuing your own dev shop, Objective Coders, right? At what yeah. point do you um, take us to? you know, quickly to, sure. you know, then chaotic moon and, and fewer. Yeah. yeah. So out of, out of college real quick, I, um, so I had, I had a kind of, um, that side company that we were dealing with, but also too, I was working also for this guy out of LA, um, that was doing this, uh, kind of like enterprise app. And so I kind of had a side gig there. And so it kind of did those kind of piecemeal. And then, and then our company, we kind of realized it's just too much to take on as far as like, you know, managing clients like the business side and doing the programming it's really really tough to do both at right. one time <laughs> there's a lot there's a reason why a lot of great developers don't run their own shop um so <laughs> i uh, kind of learned that the hard way and i was just like okay that's just too much to take on and so i uh went to work for a company called leasehawk out of um it's uh, out of phoenix and so I'd only have to go up there like once every two weeks. I pretty much worked remotely, but every two weeks I'd go up there for like a quick meeting. It's like an hour and a half drive from Tucson. And uh, yeah, so it's very enterprisey, huge Microsoft shop in a way. And as far as what they use, all .NET stuff. And um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of had to wear a lot of hats at that company. And so I learned a lot, but I also had to do quite a bit. I mean, design I even had to help with, which was really out of my realm. Were but, you doing iOS development? Yeah, it was iOS development, but enterprisey work. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, we, we did an, an iOS app, and uh, I think it's still in the app store. Um, I think they have somebody else maintaining it now. But um, so, but yeah, anyway, so I after a while, I just got kind of tired of that kind of um, life, and it was just a lot. So I was like, you know what? I I took a couple months off and just did my own app, and I did this uh, download manager app that got kind of popular and got some uh, made some money off that. It was kind of like you've seen those download manager apps where you you know you want to download a file and you want to keep it and you want to be able to handle it and so yeah so i did that and that is it ios app yeah it was an ios app no i've never I, heard of anything like that download oh you never have yeah so like if you wanted to download a file so say you have like you run across an mp3 or a video you can't really do image. that on ios right yeah it was really especially without the this is kind of like the files app now so you want to keep them nice organized and all that um and so you yeah so you can download the app and you can view them and all that and so i got like it was like kind of an, we ran mainly ran on ads on it and I made some good money on that and it, but it wasn't enough to really make a living on so and plus and then so I ended up um, going looking at different jobs job opportunities and I was about to maybe take an, a, a job out of uh, Walmart Labs 
which is out of Portland. Like Walmart, the company. Yeah, like the big, the, the big company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they have like a little branch called Labs where they, it's like yeah, the dev firm, the Portland, dev shop? Yeah, or? It's, yeah, it's up in Portland. And yeah, and so I, yeah, I almost took the job there and then it was between them and Chaotic Moon and my job. My boss said, why the blank? <laughs> Do you want to work at Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't, I mean, it's a different story. Walmart Labs is like its own little cool like shop and they have like a lot of great developers there. And, yeah, it sounds and, cool. Yeah, it was really cool actually. And I almost took it and uh, I almost went to that job and then ended up, this this he just totally sold me on it. He was like my, he was like you know hey we you work on awesome projects you know and you get you don't like one app, one application you're working on you can go to the next one you know pretty quickly it's pretty fluid we have awesome designers and it's a fun place to work and and he was right I once I started working there I was so happy um, uh, previously I, I I tried to work at Apple a couple times uh, referred by different people and then went through the interview process a couple of times and they were so adamant that I'd have to move out there if I want to take the job. Oh. So yeah, it's tough being remote Apple, not, not, not going to do it. So I think it was, was it, was it Brian that was talking on your last episode about how hard it is to work at Apple? I think, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Oh, how, oh how yeah. Maybe. Work. Yeah. He yeah, got he, recruited, <laughs> but then they didn't like yeah. message him back or something. Oh, and then he, yeah. he wouldn't want to leave New York now. Mm hmm. Yeah, and Apple won't let you work remotely, even in like in New York. Um, yeah, so Apple's very tough on that as far as working remote, and so that was a big key. So, so uh, me taking this job with Academy since then, I look back on it, and I'm like almost so happy that I'm not, I'm actually happier, and I wouldn't leave to Apple at this point. I love working with the people I work with. Yeah, so um, that's a really interesting point. Stuff. I think we yeah. should hear we should hear more on that specific point. So, oh, yeah, you you know. Yeah. I would think like, oh man, go work at Apple. That's like a dream. Yeah, um, yeah. You, That's what I originally thought. <laughs> and, yeah, and like, you, so it sounds like you had the opportunity to do that. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You stayed. Uh, you 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 took the opportunity at Chaotic Moon, and um, yeah. you seem to you know like think. You, yeah, you just said it's like a good decision. So like, I bet people are fighting with that choice right now. Some people are. Oh like, yeah, it's a tough thing. Um, yeah. So I know several people that work at Apple, and I've talked to them uh, since then. Apple works you hard. <laughs> um, it, you know, and it's cool. It's cool. I mean, it is, and I don't get me wrong. I mean, I still would be tempted if, if I had the opportunity to work remotely with Apple, it'd be very tough because it is so cool to work, you know, on the metal down there, you know, like directly on the platform. Yeah. Um, plus it's a prestige thing. You know, you tell people you work at Apple, it's amazing. So, yeah. uh, but, but I've talked to people that work there and it's a mix, you know, it's, they work you hard. It's exhausting. It's tough work. Um, it's the same thing over and over again too. You know, you hear about you you're working on this platform, you're building this platform up, and then you know other people, cool apps, you know, like yours, you know, Tinder, and you know us with I just did Subway. It was like you know you have all these cool apps where people are like, oh, you know, I could be working on this kind of cool projects, but I'm just working on the platform for them. So which is cool though. I mean, but it's just grass is always greener on the other side, kind of thing. Yeah, you just yeah. it made more sense for your lifestyle for what you wanted. Yeah, it was mostly because, I mean, I just, it would be so hard for me to, I'd have to move to San Francisco and my wife has way too good of a job. So that was like the biggest, biggest factor. But looking back now, it wasn't such a bad thing. <laughs> so, right yeah, yeah. Okay, so then you take the job at Chaotic Moon and that takes us up to where you are now, essentially. And then you guys got acquired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And cool. so we just, yeah, just recently, just uh, the project just finished with Subway, um, which was a really interesting project. And, um, yeah, so for the sandwich company, we had to redo that, and we weren't responsible for the back end. So there, there's some still some you know issues. The back end's a total separate application, but 
Yeah, what would you say is your favorite part about working with like an agency, you know, versus working with a company where you're maybe working on one yeah. app? Yeah, um, it's 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 kind of it's really cool because um, you know you have this this kind of opportunity to like you know venture out and do work with a total different team in a way. I mean, sometimes um, which is cool. Um, it can be painful at times too. Don't get me wrong. It's not. <laughs> It's not all cool. I mean, in a sense that, you know, it can be very different the way people operate. Um, and then there's there's all kinds of, you know, issues there. But it can also be really cool. Um, working with uh, Marvel Unlimited, I did that app for a while back, and I was the lead on that one. And going back and forth with Marvel directly with their, you know, business people and stuff like that. I had a great experience with them, and it was amazing, and it was cool. And so it was, it was a lot of fun as far as, you know, going through the whole process um, with them and then, you know, you, that's the cool thing. I mean, you work on one project and you're like totally disgruntled and like, okay, Hey, this just isn't working well. You know, you, you know where the light of the end of the tunnel is at. So, which is kind of cool, but. So you like being able to work with Mm -hmm. lots of different people, lots of different projects. Uh, What would you say is something that you, maybe you feel like you might be missing out on if, uh, because you're not working with like one company on the same project? Yeah. Um, so, uh, one thing, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, can you say again? Sorry. That's all good. Um, yeah. So like mm-hmm. you, you, you are saying that you like working on, um, with an agency, you get to work mm-hmm. on lots of different projects, yeah. you get to interface with clients, different clients and go yeah. through the process with them. Um, do you feel like maybe you're missing out at all on any, you know, by not no, working I mean, with one company, yeah. let's say like working with Apple, working on one project or something like that? Yeah, there's, um, yeah, it, that's that's definitely a, an issue. I mean, you're kind of like, you know, hey, I get the chance to work on this one piece of project that's ours, totally owns it. Um, that's hard. You know, that, that is something that when, when like our clients do put out a project, they put it out under their name and all that, even though we built it up and we worked on it. And so that can be kind of difficult at times. Like not getting credit in a way. Yeah, you're exactly. like a silent, exactly. sort of silent uh, developer. It is. Yep, it yeah, is. It that is. And that's the negative. That's kind of the negative towards it. Um, sometimes though, we get a lot of do. We do get a lot of credit, and so that's good. Um, it's really cool to have our clients. Like um, one, one was Marvel Unlimited when we had worked with them. One of the um, people we worked with, she was almost in tears. But she was so happy we got these features implemented one time. Oh wow! And that was like incredible to me. That was like the best, one of the best parts of my entire job. Um, I couldn't believe that she was like tearing up about it, but she was like so happy we got these features that she had been wanting for a long time um, added to the app. And yeah, so that was like... Wow, she cried. She really wanted those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was literally like tears of happiness. Yeah, she was joking around about it. She was talking about it. Yeah, yeah, like so happy. So happy. Yeah, I meant meant tears of happiness, not not sadness. And so yeah, to get that was pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. maybe she like she worked on the feature for a long time and she she... Yeah. had the idea and then she designed it and then it was just probably really beautiful maybe for her to like see it come to life. Totally. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, I want to switch gears and talk mm-hmm. about some Swift specific stuff. But before we do sure. that, I want to take a quick break um, for a couple of announcements. And uh, the, the two announcements I've you know said this a couple of times, I'm going to say it again. If you're out there, uh, I know someone reached out to me recently uh, from Arizona, actually Phoenix, about um, meetups so i think his name was riley riley um if there's no meetup out there for you hit me up we can start it someone reached out and uh, about starting a meetup in uh, salt lake city 
Uh, he said he was going to do it, and we, you know, we invited him in, and I haven't heard from him in a while. So if you're out there, you're listening, hey, man, we're here. Um, and if you're out there and you want to start a meetup in your hometown, reach out, and uh, we can help you do that. Uh, we have Learn Swift City, uh, all uh, people in our Slack team and people around the world that are doing their meetups can help. Um, so yeah, don't don't hesitate. Uh, second, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again, uh, check out the Learn Swift podcast by Stephen Sherry as well as Fireside Swift by Stephen Berard and Zach Falgu. Uh, two new podcasts uh, as a part of the uh, Swift Coders network of podcasts. So yeah, check those out. Uh, lastly, I just wanted to say thank you to um, a few people out there in the Swift community. Um, thank you to, for instance, John Sundel and Swift by Sundel, all the work that you do. Thank you to uh, Chris Eidhoff and Florian uh, for Swift Talk. Thank you to Jesse Squires for the Swift Weekly Brief, as well as everyone else that contributes to that. Uh, um, I think Roman is one, and uh, you know Greg writes for that. Uh, thank you to JP and Jesse for the uh, Swift Unwrapped podcast. Um, thank you to I don't know who else. Tom, who are we? We have an amazing Swift community. <laughs> we uh, do. We have some amazing people. Yeah, um, Ray Winterlich. I love their their platform. It's amazing. Um, yeah, been 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 a fan of his for a while. I met him a while back, and I think he still follows me on Twitter. But um, like a while back, and uh, it's amazing to see like a, a community like that grown up so big. You know, yeah, so, and uh, yeah. who else do we have? Uh, Natasha the robot for doing Try Swift yeah. and uh, her uh, this week in Swift brief uh, uh, oh, yeah. email She's newsletter. <laughs> um, Swift Summit is coming up. Uh, thank you for them for putting that on. Uh, Try Swift was a big one, yeah, recently. Yeah, so that was with um, yeah. Oh, know, and Natasha, uh, Fatal Error is another podcast uh-huh. uh, where they talk about Swift a lot. Uh, Chris did yeah. back and. Uh, Khan Lu. Anyways, the list goes on. Uh, I just wanted to <laughs> take a community. moment to say thank you to everybody out there for doing what you do. Uh, oh, uh, iOS Dev Weekly is also cool. Uh, they're not Swift specific, but iOS specific. And Dave Verwer, I believe you say his name. I'm not sure. Anyways, yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Okay, let's get back to it. So why don't we talk a little a bit about... Um, You've done some reactive programming, and you wanted to chat about whether reactive programming um, is necessary or how necessary it is um, now that we have some improved KVO, key value observing APIs in Swift 4. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so recent project. Um, I won't get too much in the architecture, but I, I think it's you can obviously figure out um, whether <laughs> whether we've implemented things. Um, recent project we did with Subway. Um, we actually used reactive uh, uh, programming. Uh, we did reactive uh, uh, Swift, so reactive Cocoa previously, um, and then we also used uh, dependency injection. So we used um, uh, um, as far as Swinjet, which is a oh yes popular. Uh- you know that one? We used a Swinject, right? Swinject. Yeah, we yeah. used that um, for yeah. briefly in like a rewrite that never actually got finished. Oh, really? Huh. Um, oh, when was I was this with farmers? farmers or yeah. yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, what, so what, what was your experience of that? Did you like it or did you not? I didn't really understand uh-huh. the, like the point of it. Yeah. Like why do I need a dependency management framework? I didn't understand that. Hmm. Um, I think when you get more deeper into it, like so I didn't understand either as much. So somebody actually brought it to us, one of our... Um, one of the guys on our team is really big on, um, he's very big on, on the newer architectures and he's really big in MVVM. And he was the one that actually brought in 
Reactive Coco to us. Reactive Swift um, got into reactive programming. Wanted really wanted to push that. Made it a big thing. But he also brought in Swinjack, and I, I've got I've re- heard about it, but I never really actively went after it. And so um, playing with that after a while, I got kind of hooked. I liked that point a lot. Swinjack was really cool. It got rid of a lot of boilerplate code. You know, you have the uh, you can split up your app into more loosely coupled components. So it's what does it ultimately do though? It's basically like a factory, right? It just it basically kind of a builds factory. your dependencies. That's, that's a great way. To, yeah, builds your dependencies and your you know things you um, initialize you know with. Um, and so yeah, it makes it very easy. Um, one of the common practices we did with it was just building uh, like you know initializations of the storyboards. That's just a simple one, one little one of one of the many things we did with it, and that was kind of nice because um, we also we we built our app entirely in separate storyboards, every single view controller. Oh, okay. It's kind of crazy. So, that one, that was we, previously, we gave that a try. As we were, so each storyboard, each view controller had its own storyboard? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why do you people do think that that's way? bad, but it's actually not? Uh, well, so it was just a main. So, so I don't know if you've, if you've had some storyboards that have kind of blown up and gotten kind of. Right. Um, Xcode really can't handle them after a while. Yeah, it takes so a while to load them. And... Yes, yes. That's exactly why. And so, yeah, we have, you know, you have the, all the, the stack, especially with stack views. Stack views have a lot of issues with them. I feel like they're, they're, they're awesome, but there's a lot of issues with uh, with loading them from Xcode. And so, yeah. And then also with like so merging. That so let's say yes, we're oh God, working on yeah. two different features, but they yeah. happen to use the same storyboard because the storyboard's so big. Now, when yep. we go to merge our work, there's merge conflicts, and it's really hard merge to, to yeah. resolve those. But yeah. if you break up your, you know, if you're using storyboards, mm-hmm. if you break up your app into multiple yeah. storyboards, then like I can work on a feature, and um, you know, you can work yeah, on a feature, but they too. they're different yeah. storyboards. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was really nice. That's really nice, and I, I pretty much like that a lot as far as that goes. Um, yeah. So it's a good way to kind of break things up, but. Yeah. Okay. It also helps you organize it in Xcode. Yeah. So it sounds like you did a little bit of uh, reactive programming with Reactive Coco. Have you played mm-hmm. around with Swift 4's uh, KVO, like new KVO APIs? Um, a little bit. And so yeah, and that's kind of where I'm kind of at a point where you know, hey, it's not, it's not as well. Um, I guess um, totally doesn't solve the problem entirely, but it does close a big gap as far as the need. I feel like. Right, reactive Cocoa. Like so, the yeah. most most of what you're doing with reactive uh-huh. programming, like the basic, mm-hmm. is like you're reacting yeah. to something stream. as opposed to like going and getting some data, right? Like something. Yeah, yeah. It's a stream of values. Yeah, yeah, and you're mm-hmm. responding to it. Yeah. But obviously, reactive programming has a lot more to it. Like, exactly. Um, um, there's like, um, what's that? Uh, like throttling things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's different like little things that you could do, like. Um, only give me the new values. Like if yes. you, you can keep sending values, but if they're the same value, I don't care. Like these types of things, right? Yeah, um, and you can. You, yeah, you can easily subscribe and desubscribe to different type value types, and so right. that, that makes it really, um, really useful. Yeah, but right. So like the Swift, that, but that, but that's yeah. The Swift four KVO yeah. stuff isn't going to solve all that stuff, but you're you're saying that exactly. it does solve like yeah. the basic part, which is just the subscription the part, basic part. Yeah, exactly. And that was a big, you know, that's a big thing holding us back as far as that goes. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't have the bindings and stuff like that, too. Um, like the UI but, bindings. Um, yeah, UI bindings are fantastic, which are easy to... There's they're something that are great to have with, with Reactive Coco um, or Reactive Swift. I just keep calling it that. But um, yeah, I, I've really messed with RxSwift 
very much. Um, I really want to read the book uh, by uh, Ray Winterlich. Uh, I forgot exactly who, which which person put that out, but they have. He has a great book. I heard on Rx Swift, and I really want to get kind of their take. I've looked at Rx Swift, and it's very similar. Um, you know, with the uh, with the singles and producers, and so the concepts are very kind of kind of together but but yeah but there are negatives too and that's why i i i feel like with our company we've had to kind of split people on it and hey you know it's kind of become a holy war in a way <laughs> as far as people debating whether we should or shouldn't go down that route with all our projects um and you know like i definitely see there are other negatives too like you know stepping through um debugging you know you can't oh. really, it's really hard to step through right um stack tracing has gotten a lot bigger it's a lot tougher um it was a lot easier to to you know go through the stack trace you know with with you know, not using reactive programming, right? Versus, so is it because yeah. all it's like all closure based? Maybe. Um, I think partially. I think that, and it's um, yeah, the way the way it's handled is totally different. So, or maybe also I think because you're like the, you're putting like a, a third party library between you and Apple, and you don't really know too much about probably it. more of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big big issue. And there's all this talk. People are like, why? Well, if if it's if it's if it's good enough, why isn't Apple implemented it? You know that kind of thing. But Apple never does anything until it's perfect. You know, which is cool. Yeah, I, I feel so. like I've heard um, Chris Latner talk a little bit about this on whenever mm-hmm. um, the issue of like should it be a part of Swift or not comes yeah. up. The question is like um, one of the questions that like he, he'll he'll say is like who does it solve a problem for? Does it solve problems yeah. for like one subset of of Swift users? Or does it solve a problem for all Swift users? And um, yeah, I think uh, that's like a big question that 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 he would ask. And so for reactive programming, like maybe it only solves um, problems for server, um, you know, server applications, or for you know, mm-hmm. like iOS um, developers. Yeah. Um, but like they're really focused on building a foundation that serves all the different users of Swift. Yeah, and I think the 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 um, like the learning curve for reactive programming is really steep. I know I struggled, you know, when I was first going over it. The concepts are pretty heavy. Right. Um, when you get deep into it, um, outside of just like the simple binding of UI and stuff like that, and so um, and then you know, so that's that's a big thing. Um, it's very tough to really to to pick that up, and so that's that's a big. I think a big hurdle that Apple would have to go over is you'd have to you'd really have to make it very simplified. You know, that's the whole point of Swift, which is awesome. But so, what so. was the what's the change in uh, Swift four? I I saw um, you know at Dub Dub they mm-hmm. they talked a little bit about it, but I'm not I didn't really use Key Value Observing directly um, in uh-huh. in Swift ever. So I'm not too familiar yeah. of like with the change. Can you describe it's, it for us? It's pretty simple. It's mostly, I mean, I haven't really used it very much. I mean, I've looked at it and I was like, okay, hey, this is kind of what, um, this is kind of solves the problem. Um, uh, but it's mostly just like closures kind of on the observers. So you can kind of like subscribe to them via closure, which is kind of cool. Okay. If that makes sense. So that's pretty much most of it, um, which was, which I know sounds super simple and everything, but when we were talking about getting these streams of values through Re- Reactive Cocoa or RX Swift. Um, it's it's huge to have that finally, <laughs> you know, built baked into the into into uh, Swift four. So, are you yeah. uh, ultimately glad with? Uh, was it the Subway app that you did the Reactive Cocoa? Uh, yeah, yeah. So Subway, we did we did um, Reactive Cocoa and um, yeah, really heavy in it. Um, it was definitely like a great learning experience. Um, 
there was like there was some issues like with debugging. I think that made it difficult. That okay. was that was like my big negative on it. Do you think um, that you're gonna so. do it in a new project? Do it again? Um, hard to say. <laughs> we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it. We, our company, we're gonna uh, our the the our team is gonna talk about it and see if we want to move forward with that too. And you know, so I mean, do you feel like yeah. it's it's good to use for a certain kind of problem, or it's just like a way yeah. to do anything? Like, like yeah. So like if you if you have a say you have a ton of network calls. Um, like, you know, like, like, a, like subway is a good example. Um, you know, you have all these different things you have to go get them, you know, items from the menu. Let's say you're completing a, uh, order where you have to complete the order with subway, let's say, and then, uh, say with, with, uh, the payment processor, whatever, you have all these different, uh, types of, um, network calls that need to be made and you want to chain them together. That makes it reactive programming is really useful in that sense. Okay. Um, and then you can, uh, the value types and stuff like that, dealing with that is pretty, pretty nice. So, um, yeah, are you, are that's you, kind of, are you guys pretty much full swift on all your new projects? Like completely swift? Yeah, we're going swift everywhere now. Um, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> like I can't believe it actually happened that way. Um, the first project we, um, really dealt with Swift was, 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 uh, was Marvel. Marvel was cool to, to, to bring, bring Swift in. We basically, decided to just do like a few um a few different classes in swift like hey if we create a new flat file a new class we're going to go ahead and just try to create it with swift and slowly bring it into the project this is like swift 2 i believe uh 2.1 or yeah i forgot exactly which one which it was early on it was not long after uh swift 1 was outdated and uh yeah, so it was cool to to bring that in slowly and kind of see how it is. But now we're doing it entirely Swift. Was it hard to get everyone to agree to use Swift at the company? I think everybody's excited, um, pretty much. And uh, but yeah, I think ev- not not everybody was ready to make the leap. A lot of people were. We have a couple of people that were kind of like old school and didn't want to give up Objective C. Um, how did you yeah, go about so. convincing, rallying everybody? <laughs> uh, just the uh, just the fact that it was the excitement. I think was the fact that you know we we talked about some of the benefits and how quickly um, we can d- do things. And I was like, my big thing was talking about the performance and also um, the size of these classes. Like, there's a lot less code that had to be written. Okay, which is exciting. Yeah, did less you, code is always better. Did you convert the Marvel app to uh, Swift three? Uh, no, no. This is uh, let's see. I got off. I think right as so three was happening is when I finished up. We finished up with Marvel. So Marvel's actually I think maintained by a uh, um, separate individual now. So I think that was partially because of a censure in okay. politics and whatever. Okay. So yeah, but yeah. And now that you're working with um, Swift three, looking back Swift two, do you feel like it was a good decision? Maybe it was too early. What are your thoughts? No, I think it's a great decision. I'm really happy for myself to to make the leap um, because. You know, it's it's hard changing a language that you use like every day. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was it was tough. Like, and I and I still there's still things I miss. You know, um, like uh, um, the, you know having a nice header file that, that like literally spells out everything for me that I can look. At. That was really that's really powerful and really cool in Objective C. I believe um, you can do something like that, right? You can do. Yeah, they do have the the the, the gen um, generated the, interface. The, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Generated interface. That's it. Yeah, so you do have that option, but yeah, but it's different, you know. And so I think uh, was I watching a talk the other day about it. Um, James Dem- James Dempsey Dempsey I can never say that. Dempsey uh, did the um, did a talk I think at Tri Swift. I watched it the other day, and he actually mentioned that about the 
he misses that. And I was like, I've said that several times, (laughs) but what's the difference exactly? Um, it's, it's just that you have it conveniently there. You just have it, um, set and then it's on top of two. It's the way you document it. So you actually create it, but it does, like I said, I, I, I miss it when I think about it, but when actually doing it, I don't miss the fact that I have to jump in my header file and create these, you know, and you have like two places where you have to maintain the same thing, right? Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So it's nice not to have to do that. (laughs) I mean, the generated interface is essentially like a generated header file, right? In a yeah, way, but it's generated by yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, similar. And so, similar. in that yeah. sense, it's as if you your .m file you write in your .m file, and then the mm-hmm. .h file changes automatically for you. Pretty much, in a way, yeah. Right? And so you don't have the control. Yeah, it's I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that much about the header file, but like my understanding is, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a generated interface in the sense of like it shows you yeah. what all the public stuff is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. And, you know, and, and I mean, and, and I don't really have such a big, big deal about it because a lot of times I, what I do is just open up the class and I just look through the jump bar and, you know, see what I have and yeah. you know, all the different functions. That's kind of. But in Objective C, yeah. you'd like to be able to go to the header file and kind of see what this yeah, class like was all that. about. Yeah, it was nice. And it was nice because, you know, you're writing it. So you document it the way you want it to. And uh, so okay. the way you organize it, you can organize it to, to your liking. I see. So okay. As long as it's all there, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what do you remember? Like what the most challenging bits were? Um, you know, to, to oh hey dog, I'm sorry about that. That's, what's your dog. dog's name? <laughs> Gracie. Gracie. Hey, it's Gracie. Lemon beagle. Yeah. Did he see a Cheers. cockroach or uh, not a cockroach? A cricket? Know. I don't know. <laughs> She's outside out in the living room. I think making noise. Think somebody's. What, so. uh, what would you say was like the toughest part of uh, using? swift in enterprise um you know it's hard to change enterprise yeah. mm-hmm. uh, change their mind and and it's um they're more yeah. conservative usually as opposed to like a scrappy young startup maybe um what was like what was the hardest part yeah hardest part um about about that is that you know um pre uh working with um a company i worked with before uh called leasehawk uh was it was it was totally different um in the realm that i had to sell them on my architecture or whatever platform I want with, with, uh, with Fjord and, um, and Kate, Kate, previous chaotic moon, uh, we, there, we, we have a lot more control, um, of what we want to implement. Um, as long as it's, you know, legally. Okay. But we don't have to go through like a ton of chain and, you know, we, they get, they, they have a lot of trust in us. We have really good developers. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to get a job there, you know, we have to really go through, there's a lot of uh, vetting and to make sure that you're, so there's a lot of trust put into us, which is great. So um, I definitely appreciate our higher ups for that. They give us a lot of control as far as what we want to implement. And so, yeah, if we want to go down a certain route, then we can. And so, yeah, moving to Swift wasn't very hard in that realm. Okay, because you sort of have, mm-hmm. um, you have power over those type of decisions. Yeah, we do. Okay, yeah, which is great. And then yeah. looking forward to the future, uh, it sounds like you're you have a lot of experience in enterprise software development. Um, how do you see uh, Swift? Like, how would you sort of want Swift to change sure. um, to sort of fit your needs as an enterprise software developer? Yeah, so um, I definitely like this. I like like seeing what, where we're going as far as the, the the constant changes. Like there's all like every year there's there's some kind of new goodies you know yeah. <laughs> that we have, um, which has been fantastic. It's so exciting when WWC comes out. and You're like, oh my god, this solves this problem or that problem. Um, 
but I, I'd like to see them put more love into core data. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of, I, I feel like they have, but I feel like they're, it could be better. Um, you know, so not necessarily uh, a Swift thing, but a core data. Yeah, not, yeah, that's not really a Swift thing, but I guess, yeah, more core data love. Um, I, you know, so yeah, but as far as Swift goes, I can't complain. I honestly can't complain. I love the, how fast things are moving. Uh, open sourcing it was fantastic. That's one thing I really want to get into. Um, I know you talk about it quite a bit, which is awesome to hear about um, how you've gotten into it um, because it's a total different world, you know, getting down to that level. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've definitely meaning to forever have the time. It's hard when you have a family, so <laughs> try to find the time. But, uh, but yeah, I've always wanted to get into that. Um, yeah, you yeah, should read uh, Brian GZX's yeah. uh, article on yeah. getting started. There's a lot of other really good resources too. Um, Jesse Squires, mm-hmm. Rush Bishop, Ayaka. They have a lot of like yeah. getting started guides. Um, oh, cool, getting started guides. Yeah, because I know those those uh, like those little um, yeah the starter bugs and stuff. I've looked at it a couple times. I've got to like I got to sit down. Yeah, and, it's just a matter of doing it. You got to clone the repo and build it. That takes a really long time, but yeah. you just got to do it. It's fun. Yeah, it's cool to be able to contribute. So yeah, um, on Core Data, uh, I think they announced something two years ago, uh, some sort of new stuff for Core Data. But I didn't hear anything about Core Data last this last dub dub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so core data is kind of interesting. Uh, there was there was a talk on it. I think I watched it, but <laughs> I was so busy. I think working, and I was like trying to figure out what what was happening this this go around. Um, but yeah, I mean, Realm is really cool. Um, I haven't really I haven't really uh, dealt with core data in the last year. I think uh, very much. So I've dealt with Realm, and also um, uh, my my head's gone right now. Just like. A couple of years ago, we ended up using a different. Um, I've only heard Core Data and Realm. Is there some other? Yeah, and my mind's like totally drawn a blank right now. We um, used it with a, um, an application that we built for this thing called Plum, um, which is really cool. It's like a light switch uh, IoT. Oh, cool! Project. Awesome. Yeah, it was really fun to work on that. Um, why can't I remember it right now? I know it'll come back to me. The name is kind of funny, but anyway, it's uh, it's. Built on SQLite, like like Core Data is, but it's um, but it's really interesting how it's built out and uh, how different it is. I can't think of it right now, but anyway. So, yeah. what about um, like the kind of in not instability, but like you know, sure. Swift is changing a lot. Is that not really affect you guys negatively? Um, like you. I mean, yeah, it has uh, the yeah. I'll give you an example. Uh, the when we we're building Subway, so we started Subway. Um, I want to say. Um, it was like around September, I believe, last year. Um, uh, and basically, we had built it on Swift 2.2. Okay. And we st- we started it. And then converting to Swift 3 was really painful. Um, right. Because of the different... Yeah, the different... The grand uh, renaming. The dependencies. Yes, the grand renaming. <laughs> Thank you. That's perfect. And... The, you know, all these dependencies that we, you know, we had, we had a, several different dependencies that were included in there and Reactive Swift was one of them um, that made it very hard to, to, to integrate because it took a while for people to update their right. with three. Yeah. And so that's why I love what they're doing right now with Swift 3, Swift 3 and Swift 4. Like the compatibility so, mode thing? Yeah, the compatibility mode is so cool. Okay. Yeah, the fact that you can work on, you know, you can build your app in Swift 4 and still have a couple dependencies that are in Swift 3. So okay, so yeah, I didn't really understand yeah. the compatibility mode. So that's what it does? That's mostly, yeah, that's where you're going to you're gonna benefit the most out of it. So 
Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so you have your uh-huh. your Xcode project. You open it up with Xcode nine. Mm-hmm. You convert yeah. your code to Swift four, but mm-hmm. your dependencies, like dependencies let's say you have some Cocoa Pods or something like that, mm-hmm. um, those dependencies are not built with Xcode nine and converted to Swift four. They're still using Swift three point two. Yep. Uh, sorry. Yeah, three point two. Yeah, is there something like a build setting you have to change? Like a compa- yeah, there is. There's build settings. Um, Cocoa Pods will take care of that for you, okay. I believe. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just you know inside the target, you know, switching it to three three dot two or four. So okay. yeah, it's really that to me was like, I think I was uh, joking around about co- with a coworker about that. I was like, that is like a a, a, for, like a, a, a gift from the heavens. I should say <laughs> so, <laughs> it was it's cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, we are over the hour, and I promised yeah. Ronak that I would try to keep these uh, episodes to. short. Um, before cool. we get to the last couple sections, is there anything else you wanted to mention on uh, Swift or anything of like that uh, about that? Stuff? Um, yeah, I just well, uh, not really. I mean, I, I just want to say thanks so much for having me on this. Um, yeah, of course, like your podcast. Just, I hope you know people appreciate you, and I know it's. Uh, I know you're giving up the Patreon thing because. Yeah, I get that. It's there's so much time to to manage everything. It's yeah. hard, but well, I'm yeah, still we gonna have it up and, there. Yeah. Um, but I told any, cool. I told everybody I'm not gonna do the rewards, extra the rewards, rewards thing yeah. anymore because I feel like I'm already doing a lot. And I said that yeah. if you, you know, feel free to cancel, feel free to ask for your money back, or feel free to <laughs> come up with a reward and let me know what it is, and I'll see if I can make it happen. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, no. shout out to one of my founding patrons, Jeffrey Fulton. He messaged me on Slack. I woke up this morning and saw the message, and he was like, dude, I just want you to know that you don't have to do rewards. You already do way, like you already do a lot, so have a good day. No, <laughs> and that's I was awesome. like, thank that's you awesome. very much for saying yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. It's, it, yeah, I know, I know the workload has got to be insane trying to keep up with this and how professional our, the, the yeah. podcasts come out. And there's so, more and yeah. more coming every day. I, I have uh, things yeah. in the works that I haven't announced yet. And uh, cool. so there's just more and more stuff uh, happening all the time. So. Yeah, I got to get with you later. I'll message you uh, through uh, Twitter or something. I definitely want to get a meetup group. I miss, uh, we used to have a Cocoa Pods in Tucson. A Cocoa Heads. Cocoa Heads, my bad. Cocoa Pods. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cocoa Heads, yes. Yeah, so we just had a Cocoa Heads group, and that was really cool when I was starting out. We had some Mac developers here, and then they ended up leaving, and so it kind of fell apart. And so um, I've also thought about, too, I've talked to a couple. There's two other iOS developers here in Tucson, and we talked about Only two? going up to Phoenix. There's not many. Two that I know of. It's small, I'm telling you. <laughs> 1.2 million people, it's small. The, it just really doesn't uh, – we have a lot of retirees and uh, – a lot of people that work at Raytheon and just not many iOS developers. Well, there might be more. Yeah. And when you create the meetup, yeah. then uh, they'll come out of the Raising woodwork. It. And yeah. then people who are just thinking mm-hmm. about becoming a Swift developer will see the meetup yeah. and then come and then actually become one. If you live in Tucson or the surrounding area uh, and <laughs> you're you know listening, reach out to Tom because... Uh, it sounds like he, it's just him and two other iOS developers, and it seems like that, that shouldn't be yes, the case. Okay. So if you're listening <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you don't know Tom, reach out to him on Twitter um, so you guys can uh, meet up. And, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about creating Learn Swift Tucson cool. or you know, yeah, some, some other kind of uh, meetup in Tucson. I'm really sure. focused on doing these Learn Swift meetups right now because I feel like mm-hmm. um, there's a great opportunity to get more and more beginners um, uh, you know, in, in here, you know, mm-hmm. to fall in love with Swift and get them on the Swift sort of 
um, swift train, so to say, um, yeah. because it's such a you know approachable language, and um, you know everyone wants to make iPhone apps, and so I'm really focused on creating these meetups, and I think that uh, we as advanced you know developers or working developers can do a better job of giving Definitely. back to the community and, and, and holding these spaces for beginners to, to learn and feel comfortable to learn. Yeah. So, I would have killed to have, I would have killed to have these kind of things when I started. So yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, okay, definitely. cool. Well, uh, cool. Tom, let's do this. Let's get to the uh, rapid fire section. Cool. Uh, awesome. so question number one, what drives you? <laughs> so uh, I think it's, it's the passion now. I mean, I have to say now it's my family. Uh, I have a two year old daughter. Oh. I love her to death and she's so cute and, uh, I hope that one day that she wants to get into programming. If she does, I'll bring her to WWC. She'll be one of those kids that's, that's there. <laughs> uh, hopefully she'll get into it. But but yeah, no, no, my family drives me. But then um, outside of my family, it's my passion for programming. I love creating something that I can show, um, you know, show to people. So um, I always thought that was really cool about app development from the get-go, that you can sit there, work hard, pull an all-nighter or whatever, create create this application, and then show somebody it. On the fly, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Enterprise development in the back end and stuff like that—you can't really tell people what you do. It's just like, yeah, I do that stuff back there in the back end. But yeah, with the app development, you can create something that you can share with other people pretty quickly. Yeah. So, cool. cool. Uh, what do you do when you're not programming? Uh, I go to a lot of sporting events. <laughs> I'm a big U of A basketball fan and football fan. Um, so, uh, like, I. I go to Arizona Cardinals games, um, which is up in Phoenix, and uh, here I go to the UVA basketball games. So, yeah, the big sports fan. So, desktop or laptop? Uh, desktop. Um, I have an iMac. Um, I'm gonna get the Mac Pro, the black one. I'm gonna splurge and buy it. I can't wait for it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I do have a Mac uh, MacBook, uh, the Touch Bar. So, but I don't use it as much as I do. I love my iMac. Nice. Yeah. Mouse or trackpad? I forced myself to change the trackpad and we'll never look back. I uh, fully use a trackpad now, which is great. All the gestures and stuff. Yeah. Standing or sitting? Uh, sitting, I've, I've considered going standing a few times, but then I'm just like, I don't know. It's just different. <laughs> uh, do you guys use source control? Yeah, we do. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming Git? Git, yeah. Uh, do you use a command line? You use GUI, both? Um, I use SourceTree. Um, I want to start using uh, Xcode, but um, but we're we're Bitbucket. We host on so cool. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. So. Uh, what's your favorite text editor? Favorite text editor outside of Xcode um, would be Atom. Probably cool. use Atom. I've uh, been been. I like the uh, the packages that it has. That's really cool. So tabs or spaces? Ooh, that's tabs. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's interesting. A lot of people I, I uh-huh. interviewed lately said spaces, and they were like Swift developers. I feel like, you know, when we code yeah, Swift, we use know. tabs. We use tabs exactly. No, that's that's totally. It. I mean, I guess so. And you know, the uh, the the you know the C people. Yeah, um, right. You know, really, they're 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 spaces for sure. Yeah. But I did C, but I I don't know. I like I like I like, I like tabs. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, don't kill me. <laughs> uh, uh, tests or no tests. Uh, oh, tests. Well, tests. Um, in the real world, sometimes it's hard to find time, but yeah, test if you can, right, definitely. Right. Um, okay, before we get to your Twitter bio and all that, we didn't get a chance to talk too much about remote. So real quick, a couple sure. um, you know, tips and tricks for uh, people listening that are remote developers um, and you know, are thinking about remote. What, what are some yeah. sort of tips and tricks you have? 
Um, the biggest thing is, so getting your first remote job is really tough. I mean, that was my first one was really hard. After that, it was pretty easy because you can show. Um, the hardest thing is just not to get distracted. I remember early on in the first year, it's, it's tough. There's so many distractions. Um, now more than ever, we have having a kid, it's really, really tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, not getting into other things like, uh, you know, you're, but, but then again, the work piles up and you have to realize that, you know, Hey, when you work remotely, you want to manage your time well. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's mainly the, having the open line communication with your team is just like such a big thing with remote. So we, that's something that we, I think our company does really well. We do have a good communication uh, thread. We use hip chat mostly kind of like the alternative slack, but yeah. Right on. All right, I'm going to hop over to Twitter and take a look at your cool. uh, Twitter profile. So uh, is that your, I'm assuming that's your daughter there, and you're wearing your yeah, Arizona, so, uh-huh. no, University of Arizona shirt. Am I using an Arizona shirt? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I wear a lot and of it looks like, like there's, my, like uh, a, there's like a, <laughs> there's like a lion or something? Yes, that was uh, that was actually a year ago. I gotta update the photo. Um, that was yeah. We were at a, we were at the San Francisco Zoo, I believe. Yeah, so that was actually wait that was WWC uh, year. So uh, I went out to WWC and uh, last year and uh, went with uh, you know did the whole thing by myself. And then my wife and my daughter flew out there and to meet me. It was like Father's Day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we went. So we went to the zoo. Yeah, went to the zoo. She had a good time and. Yeah, so, uh, yeah it was Lucy cool. came with me this last dub dub is my first mm-hmm. dub dub and yeah she came with me and yeah. we tried as best as we could to make uh-huh. a trip out of it yeah you were in the same boat as me before when I, I did that the first time before my daughter and my wife and uh, I guess my first time after being married with her and so she came out there and we uh, yeah made a little trip out of it at the end it's it's, it's harder while, while the conference is going on you know to have them out there because you're just trying to you're so distracted by the conference yeah. and so that's why we decided like yeah she's gonna come out after and we're gonna have a nice trip so oh, totally yeah congrats by the way you got married in july is that yeah, right yeah thank you yeah yeah okay so the uh banner it's uh looks like maybe that was at dub dub there was a picture of the apple oh there is yeah there is i'm looking at it now um yeah there's a yeah big uh, I, I added that a while back and i thought it looked cool and so <laughs> i was like yeah so yeah it's just a picture of you know apple throws up those big things uh and so i took a couple pictures outside of Moscone. That was cool. So, and then I'm looking at one of your last tweets. Um, in August, you said you were looking forward to the Luna display on Kickstarter. Oh yeah, I backed that. Um, somebody showed that to me. I was like, wow, that looks really cool. Have you have you seen that no. before? Oh, so it's a uh, uh, a basically. I think it was. I can't remember if it was a cable or if it was wireless. Um, but anyway, connects to your eye. Your iPad. Yeah, no, it's wireless. Yeah, wireless. That's right. And the re- refresh rate is like crazy, and it's great, and it works well. And so having that was like mind blowing. So I was like, oh, that's you want to be able to use your iPad as a second display? Yeah, when I'm out, when I'm traveling or something with my MacBook Pro, I can pull it out. Yeah, I mean, especially for displays. like a remote. I can. I, I was actually going to do that too for a little while uh-huh. there. I wanted to do remote work. I wanted to do van life actually. Um, yeah. It was just trying to get the remote job, and um, I was thinking, you know, I could have a Mac, <laughs> different, uh, like a laptop, yeah. and I can have like an iPad as my second screen, maybe. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I can see how that would be really awesome to have. Be cool to have, yeah. Kind of duet cool. display, um, but yeah. and I think that's wireless. I don't remember, but it mm-hmm. didn't. I don't yeah, know, it, it is. didn't work yeah. that well. Um, yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah that's why i got excited because it's like finally there's a good solution out there apparently right on right on (laughs) all right so uh 
Where can people contact you online, Tom? Yeah, Twitter is great. Um, yeah, if I'm not out of the country, I'll be pretty responsive on Twitter. So you yeah, travel a lot Twitter for work. Uh, no, but I just last, I was really unresponsive unres- uh, <laughs> Twitter yeah, recently. Right, right, so right. yeah, yeah. Typically, typically, yeah, I'm pretty good. So yeah, definitely. All right. And one piece of advice for people learning Swift. Yeah. Passion. Just find the passion. Um, don't quit. Don't quit. Uh, getting started is like, especially if this is your first language ever. Um, it's really difficult and don't be intimidated. So right on. So that's a little bit more than one thing, but no, that's perfect. All right, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show today, for sharing your story with us. Uh, you know, you claim to be going, you know, getting late to programming. To me, it was, it's early, yeah. uh, but you, you know, you, it's interesting <laughs> yeah. because you, you were really into technology and, and computers, but yeah. you weren't into programming. Um, mm-hmm. And in college, you took a programming course and it just, you know, it really discouraged you. Um, but then mm-hmm. you, uh, towards the end of your, your business degree, you thought maybe you would minor in, in computer science and you started taking some, uh, some more computer classes, which seemed more yeah. approachable and you kind of connected with your teacher more and you felt, you, you felt like it, you started, it really made more sense to you and you, you got, you got that passion at that time. Um, yeah. Which is really great, you know. Before you had this class, it discouraged you. You took, you gave it a second chance, and it's awesome. You got lucky in that sense, or you didn't let. Very. You, you kept an open mind. You didn't let yourself get discouraged, and yeah, you. Yeah, fe- that's a key for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, definitely keep that. And so you you fell in love with it, and you decided, yeah. you know, you're not going to do the business thing anymore, and you're going to stay in college for longer, and actually get a computer science degree, which you mm-hmm. claim. You never really needed in the first place, which is <laughs> you haven't shut it off to anybody, but it's yeah, it's nice. To and have. you actually yeah. you started, you know, you got your Mac. You weren't really into Apple, but you you know your professor kind of sort of convinced you in a way, and you went to your school and you got a Mac, and uh, all the while you're programming, and then the iPhone comes out, and you and your buddies decide to um, program for the iPhone when the SDK SDK comes out. Yeah. And um, you guys created life changing. <laughs> yeah, and you guys created your own dev shop, like while you're in college, and um, yeah. you you have. It sounds like you had clients, and you graduated, mm-hmm. and you're you're making apps. You're doing real programming, um, yeah. and then you uh, join a couple different uh, enterprise companies. Uh, it was more enterprisey, uh, and then you you know your friends were going off and and working at Apple and these these kinds of places, and you had to make a decision. Uh, whether or not you were going to do the same thing and you were going to go work at you know Walmart Labs or were you going to stay in Arizona and, and work at Chaotic Moon. And you ended up uh, staying at, and working at Chaotic Moon uh, and doing the remote thing ever, ever totally. since. Yeah. And yeah. Um, even though at the time it was a tough decision, you know, should you go work at Apple or something like that, you've, you've realized now you made the right decision. It works best with, with your lifestyle yeah. and, and what you like. And, um, yeah, and you've been working, uh, doing, uh, you know, working with this uh, development agency since then. And you guys recently got acquired by Accenture and Apple announced this partnership. And that's really exciting. And um, you, it sounds like you're starting to think about becoming more active in the community, which is really awesome. That's where I want to get, yeah. And we're here, you know, we're here to help out with that and, and in any way that you need. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing that story no, with you. us, and I really look forward to um, 
speaking with you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Well, and like I said, you know, I missed you at WWC this year. So hopefully next year we can uh, connect, have, have coffee or something while we're out there. So. Right on. Yeah, that'd definitely. be awesome. Okay, Tom, thank you so much. And I will speak with you later. Awesome. Thanks, man. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Swift Coders podcast. Feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time, go swiftly, my friends. Swift Coders.